0: What the fuck is up, you backroom bitches? It's your boy Tyreek, and welcome back to another episode of The Backroom. How you doing? It's Tuesday, March 29th, at the end of March here. This year has been going by pretty fucking fast, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I hope everybody's doing well. We're coming at you live tonight on this very cold spring night. Um... Yeah, I don't know why. For some reason, it's just brick out. Like, I don't know, this morning, I think the low was supposed to be like 17 degrees. Um, And that's weird for this time of year, I'm not going to lie. Around here, at least. Um, Yesterday, it snowed for a little bit, too, just for like a a quick hot second. It didn't really stick around. It was just, you know, there. Um, But anyways, I want to apologize for my hiatus yet again i had had another one um to tell you the truth uh it was just a fucking you know long week of work last week and i have another long week of work this week so i'm gonna try to put out as many episodes as i can um while i have the energy you know while supplies last um and you know I got some pretty uh, pretty good topics that I'm going to talk about that I want to talk about hopefully that I can uh I can get them fucking done. Um as always shout out to my guy Parker. Um Parker is a dear dear friend, but I'll be honest with you. He has been shaming the shit out of me for not posting a podcast because I am his source of entertainment. Um if he doesn't have uh episode of the back room to listen to, he has to listen to some shitty hockey podcasts that, you know, don't mean dick. Um, I'm just kidding. I, I'm pretty sure that they're really good podcasts. I've never listened to them, so. But, you know, I want to add to that entertainment while he does his very important work. Um, but, you know, he's been shaming me. Being shamed by Parker is like it's like being shamed by Jesus himself, you know. Just the feeling that you have... You're just sad all the time, like I don't sleep at night because I just I go to work, and, and there Parker is just staring me, sta- staring me, staring at me with, you know, just disappointment. And I can't, uh, I can't have that anymore. Um, it's emotionally taking a toll on me. Um, anyways, today we're going to be talking about a very cool topic. We're going to be talking about the North Hollywood shootout. Now, this shit is fucking wild, and I'll, I'll tell you about it when Google decides to fucking work for a second. Hold on, it's loading very slowly. Oh, fuck, it just closed. Got it. Alright, here we are. Opened. Awesome. Here we go. Uh, The North Hollywood shootout was a confrontation between two heavily armed and armored bank robbers, Larry Phillips Jr. and Emil Matasaranu, and members of the Los Angeles Police Department in the North Hollywood District of Los Angeles, California, on February 28, 1997. Both robbers were killed, 12 police officers and 8 civilians were injured, and numerous, sorry, hold on, numerous... Vehicles and other property were damaged or destroyed by the nearly 2,000 rounds of ammunition fired by the robbers and police. At 9.17 a.m., Phillips and Mata Serrano entered and robbed Bank of America's North Hollywood branch. I don't know what that fucking sound was. Apologies. Uh, the, robber, the two robbers were confronted by LAPD officers when they exited the bank, and a shootout between the officers and the robbers ensued. The robbers attempted to flee the scene, Phillips on foot and Matasaranu in a getaway vehicle, while continuing to exchange fire with the officers. The shootouts continued onto a residential street adjacent to the bank until Phillips, mortally wounded, succumbed to a self inflicted gunshot wound. Matasaranu was incapacitated by officers three blocks away and subsequently bled to death before arriving Sorry, before the arrival of pa- paramedics more than an hour later, Phillips and Matasaranu were believed to have robbed at least two other banks using similar methods for entry past bulletproof security doors, taking control of the entire bank, and firing weapons illegally modified to enable full, fully automatic fire. They were also suspected of two armored car robberies. Standard-issue sidearms carried by most local police officers at the time were 9mm pistols or 38 special revolvers. Some patrol cars were also equipped with a 12-gauge shotgun. Phillips and Matasaranu carried a Norinco Type 56 rifle, uh, or, sorry, they they had two, so rifles, which is just a Chinese AK-47 variant, Um, A Bushmaster XM-15 Dissipator with a 100-round drum magazine and a Heckler & Koch HK-91 rifle, all of which had been illegally modified to be select-fire capable, as well as a Beretta 92FS pistol. The robbers wore homemade body armor, which successfully protected them from handgun rounds and shotgun pellets fired from by the responding officers a law enforcement SWAT team eventually arrived with high caliber weapons but they had little effect on the heavily on the heavy body armor used by the two perpetrators the SWAT team also commandeered an armored car to evict evacuate the wounded several officers additionally equipped themselves with AR-15s and other semiotic semiotic semi-automatic rifles from a nearby firearms dealer the incident sparked debate on the needed patrol sorry the need for patrol officers to upgrade their firepower in preparation for similar situations in the future interesting so it's funny how this like it kind of like sparked like a You know, the reason why, like, officers today, like, carry, like, high-powered weapons in their trunk. Like, just in case of some shit like this happens. Now, is it likely that, you know, people are just gonna fucking rob a bank like this? Not, not really. Um, I think the success rate is much lower than it was, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Um... But still, they all—they always have those high-powered rifles with them, you know, just in case. Larry Eugene Phillips Jr. and Romanian-born Decibel Stefan Emilian Monteseranu first met at Gold's Gym in Venice, Los Angeles, California, in 1989. Phillips. Uh, Phillips and Monteseranu had mutual interest in weightlifting, bodybuilding, and firearms. Before meeting, Phillips was a habitual offender responsible for multiple real estate scams and counts of shoplifting. Matasaranu was a qualified electrical engineer and ran a relatively unsuccessful computer repair business. On July 20th, 1993, Phillips and Matasaranu robbed an armored car outside a branch of First Bank in Littleton, Colorado, On October 29th, they were arrested in Glendale, northeast of Los Angeles, for speeding. A subsequent search of their vehicle after Phillips surrendered with a concealed weapon found two semi-automatic rifles, two handguns, more than 1,600 rounds of ammunition, of rifle ammunition, 1,200 rounds of handgun ammunition, radio scanners, smoke bombs, improvised explosive devices... Armor, body armor vests, and three different California license plates. Initial, initially charged with conspiracy to commit robbery, both served 100 days in jail and were placed on three years of probation. After their release, most of their seized property was returned to them, except for the confiscated firearms and explosives. Why would you give that shit back? Still... Ah, damn, nah, nah, I wouldn't do that. On June 14th, 1995, Phillips and Matasarano ambushed a Brinks armored car in Winnetka, Los Angeles, killing one guard, Herman Cook, and seriously wounding another. In May 1996, they robbed two branches of Bank of America in the San Fernando Valley area of Los Angeles, stealing approximately $1.5 million. Holy shit. That's a lot of fucking money for two people. The pair were dubbed the High Incident Bandits by investigators due to the weaponry they used in three robberies prior to their attempt in North Hollywood. On the morning of February twenty-eighth, nineteen ninety-seven, after months of preparation, including extensive reconnoitering—I think that's how you say that—reconnoitering of their intended target, the Bank of America branch located at sixty-six hundred Laurel Canyon Boulevard, Phillips and Matasarano armed themselves with a semi-automatic HK ninety-one and several illegally converted weapons two norinco type 56s rifles a fully automatic norinco type 56s1 and a fully automatic bushmaster xm15 di- dissipator dissipator that's what i meant dissipator sorry i had to take a pause there to fucking read that shit in my head uh, the robbers filled a jam jar with gasoline and placed it in the back seat, with the intention of setting the car on fire. Car and weapons on fire to destroy evidence after the robbery. Phillips wore roughly forty pounds of, or eighteen kilograms, of equipment, including a Type Three A bulletproof vest and groin guard, a low, load, a load-bearing vest with multiple military ammo pouches and several pieces of homemade body armor created from spare vests covering his shins, thighs, and forearms. Matasaranu wore only a Type 3A bulletproof vest, but included a metal trauma plate to protect vital organs. Additionally, each man wore a watch sewn onto the back of one glove in order to monitor their timing. Before entering, they took the barbituate. Phenobarbital prescribed to moder- Monteserranu as a sedative to calm their nerves. The forensic toxi- toxicology laboratory of the coroner's office later also found F- ephedrine, and I don't know how to say that. Let me, I'm, I'm going to try. Ephedrine and phen- phenylpropanolamine. I don't know, and Phillips's blood, and Dolatin in Matasarano's. Phillips and Monteserano, driving a white 1987 Chevrolet Celebrity, arrived at the Bank of America branch at the intersection of Laurel Canyon Boulevard and Archwood Street in North Hollywood at around 9:17 a.m. and set their watch their watch alarms for eight minutes. The police response time had. They had estimated. Amazing. Uh, To come up with this time frame, Phillips had used a radio scanner to moderate police transmission prior to the robbery. As the two were walking in, they were spotted by two LAPD officers, Lauren Farrell and Martin Perello, who were driving down Laurel Canyon in a patrol car. Officer Farrell issued a call on the radio, 15A43 requesting assistance. We have a possible... 211 in progress at the bank of america and i'm assuming well it says it right here actually but i i kind of f- figured that 211 meant like bank robbery um as they entered the bank each armed with a norinco type 52 s1 rifle phillips and matasaranu forced a customer leaving the bank the atm lobby near the entrance into the bank and opened the door and onto the floor, excuse me. A security guard inside saw saw the scuffle and the hev- heavily armed, armed robbers and radioed his partner in the parking lot to call the police. The call was not received. Philip shouted, this is a fucking holdup, before he and Matasaranu opened fire into the ceiling in an attempt to scare the approximately 30 bank staff and customers and to discourage resistance. Philip shot open the bulletproof door which was designed to resist only low velocity rounds and gain access to the tellers and vault the robbers forced assistant manager john villagrana to open the vault villagrana obliged and began to fill the robbers money bag However, due to a change in the bank's delivery schedule, the vault contained significantly less than the $750,000 the gunman had expected. Phillips, Phillips enraged at this development, argued with Villagorana and demanded more. In an apparent show of frustration, Phillips then filled Fired a full drum magazine of 75 rounds into the bank safe, destroying much of the remaining money. Phillips then attempted to open the bank's ATM, but due to a change in policies, the branch manager no, lo- manager no longer had access to the money inside. Before leaving, the robbers locked the hostages in the bank vault. In the end, the two left with $303,305 and three dive packs, which later exploded, ruining the money they stole. Damn. Outside, the first responding officers heard gunfire from the bank and made another radio call for additional units before taking cover behind their patrol car. Weapons trained on the bank door. While the robbers were still inside, more patrol and detective units arrived and took strategic positioning at all four corners of the bank sorry um effectively surrounding it at approximately 9:28 a.m sorry 9:24 a.m had a little bit of dyslexia for some reason phillips exited through the north doorway and after spotting a police cruiser 200 feet away opened fire for several minutes wounding seven office seven yeah seven officers and three civilians he also fired at the lapd hot at the LAPD helicopter flown by Charles D. Paraguay Jr., which was surveying above, forcing it to withdraw to a safer distance. He briefly retreated inside, then re-emerged through the north doorway while Matasaranu exited through exited the south exit. Phillips and Matasaranu began to engage the officers, firing sporadic bursts into the patrol cars that had been positioned at positioned on Laurel Canyon in front of the bank. Officers armed with the standard Beretta 92F uh, Beretta 92FS 9mm pistols, Smith and Wesson Model 15 30, 38 special revolvers and a 12 gauge Ithaca model Thirty-seven Pump Action Shotgun, all these fucking names for the guns, Jesus Christ, immediately returned fire. The officers' weaponry could not penetrate the body armor worn by Phillips and Matasaranu, and most of the LAPD officers' service pistols had insufficient range or poor accuracy at long distances. Officers, sorry, an officer was heard on the LAPD, police frequency approximately 10 to 15 minutes into the shootout warning other officers that they should not stop the getaway vehicle they have they've got automatic weapons there's nothing we can do to stop them additionally the officers were pinned down by the heavy spray of gunfire coming from the robbers making it difficult to attempt a headshot several officers acquired 5 AR15 style rifles from a nearby gun store to combat the robbers two locations adjacent from the north parking lot provided good cover for officers and detectives police likely shot Phillips with the with excuse me Phillips and his rifle with their handguns while Phillips was still firing and taking cover near the four vehicles adjacent to the north wall of the bank, which was a gray Honda Civic, Ford Explorer, white Acura Legend, and a Chevrolet Celebrity. One location that Officer Zelensky of Valley Traffic Division used for cover was the Del Taco restaurant, West Wall 351 feet from Phillips. Officer Zelensky fired 86 9mm rounds at Phillips and may have hit Phillips at least once. The other locations that proved adv- adv- advantage? Advant- advantageous? 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 I don't want to sound. I don't want to sound illiterate, but, like, literally, I've never heard this word. I thought it was adventurous, to be honest. At one second. Um, For the LAPD was a back was the backyard of 6641 Agnes Avenue. A cinder block wall provided cover for the detectives who shot at and may have struck Phillips with 9 millimeter rounds from their pistols. Detective Bancroft fired 17 rounds and Detective Harley fired between 15 and 24 rounds at Phillips from a distance of approximately 55 feet. After Mata, after Matasaranu backed the Chevrolet celebrity out of the handicapped space in the north parking lot, Phillips received a gunshot wound to the left wrist, based upon helicopter news footage that showed him reacting to pain. At the same approximate time, LAPD gunfire struck the Heckler & Koch rifle that Phillips was firing, rendering it inoperable with a penet- penetration to the receiver. Phillips discarded it and rearmed himself with another assault rifle from the trunk of the sedan. After LAPD radio operators received the second officer down call from police at the shootout, a tactical alert was issued. The SWAT team arrived 18 minutes after the shooting had begun they were armed with AR fifteens and wore running shoes and shorts under their body armor, as they had been on an exercise run when they received the call. Upon arrival, they commandeered a nearby armored truck which was used to extract wounded civilians and officers from the scene. While still in the parking lot, Matasaranu was shot in the right buttock, left leg the right leg, excuse me, and the left forearm a fourth projectile then lacerated his upper right eye socket and prompted him to duck behind the hood of the getaway car in shock. He subsequently abandoned his duffel bag of money, entered the getaway vehicle, and started the engine. Phillips retrieved an HK90 from the open trunk and continued firing upon officers while taking, sorry, while walking alongside the sedan, using it for cover. As Phillips approached the passenger's side of the getaway vehicle, he was hit in the shoulder and his rifle was struck in the receiver and magazine by bullets fired by police. After firing a few more shots with one arm, Phillips discarded the HK-91 and retrieved the Norinco Type 56 before exiting the parking lot and retreating onto the street. Meanwhile, Matasaranu drove down the road. At nine fifty two AM Phillips turned east on Archwood Street and took cover behind a park semi truck where he continued to fire at police until his rifle jammed. Unable to clear the jam, he dropped the rifle and drew a Beretta ninety two FS pistol began firing. He then shot he was then shot in the right hand by officer conrado torres causing him to drop the pistol after retrieving it he placed the muzzle under his chin and fired as he fell an unknown police officer shot him in the upper torso torso severing his spine either, either bullet either bullet may have been fatal officers across the street continued to shoot Phillips' body several times while he was on the ground. After the firing had stopped, officers in the area surrounded Phillips, handcuffing him and removing his ski mask. Matasaranu's vehicle was rendered inoperable after two of its tires were shot out and the windshield covered in bullets Sorry, excuse me, bullet holes. At nine fifty six AM he attempted to carjack the carjack a yellow nineteen sixty three Jeep Gladiator on Archwood by shooting at the driver who fled on foot, three blocks east of where Phillips died. He quickly transferred all of his weapons and ammunition from the getaway car, but was unable to operate the jeep due to the driver engaging the electrical kill switch before fleeing. As KCBS and KCLA helicopters hovered overhead, a patrol car driven by SWAT officers Donnie Anderson, Steve Gomez, and Richard Mesa quickly arrived and stopped on the opposite side of the truck to where the Chevrolet was stopped. Matasaranu left the truck, took cover behind the original getaway vehicle, and engaged engaged them in two and a half minutes of almost in unter- in un- uninterrupted gunfire. Matasarano's chest armor deflected a double tap from SWAT officer anderson which briefly winded him before he continued firing anderson fired his ar-15 below the cars and wounded matasaranu in his unprotected lower legs he was soon unable to continue and put his hands up to show surrender seconds after matasaranu's capital capital Capitulation? capitulation? I think that's how you say that. Sorry, excuse me. Capitulation. Officers rushed him and pinned him down. As he was being handcuffed, SWAT officers asked for his name, to which he replied, Pete. Fucking what? When asked if there were any more suspects, he reportedly said, Fuck you, shoot me in the head. Ambulance personnel were following standard procedure in hostile situations by refusing to enter the hot zone as Manasaranu was still considered to be dangerous and began, and because there was still reports or the belief that, excuse me, I have a lot of spit in my mouth for some reason, belief that there was still a third gunman, a gunman, a third gunman still loose. Jesus Christ, Tyreek. Um, some reports indi- indicate that he was lying on the ground with no weapon for approximately an hour before ambulances arrived, and was groaning in pain and pled for help. The police radioed for an ambulance, but Matasaranu, loudly swearing profusely and still gouting the police to shoot him, died before the al- ambulance and EMTs were allowed to reach, him, reach the scene almost 70 minutes later. Later reports showed that Matasaranu was shot 29 times in the legs and died from trauma due to excessive blood loss coming from two gunshot wounds to his left thigh. Most of the incident, including the deaths of Phillips and surrender of Matasaranu, was broadcasted live by news helicopters, which hovered over the scene and televised the action as events unfolded. Jesus Christ, can you imagine? Um, Over 300 law enforcement officers from various forces had responded to a citywide TAC call. Uh, excuse me, TAC alert. By the time the shooting had stopped, Phillips and Matasarano had fired 11,000... 1,100 rounds, approximately around every two seconds. Jesus Christ. An inventory of weapons used, included, uh... A Bushmaster XM-15, converted illegally to fire, full auto with two 100-round beta magazines, a Heckler and Koch HK-91 semi-automatic rifle with several 30-round magazines, a Beretta 92FS Enox with several magazines, three different civilian model class... Kalashnikov-style rifles converted illegally to file full, fire full auto with several 75 to 100-round drum magazines as well as a 30-round bo- box magazines. Oh, 30, as well as 30-round box magazines. It was speculated during news reports that Phillips had legally purchased two of the Norinco Type 50 sixes, I don't know why, I just, like, had, like, a stroke there, I have, I just, I'm just, like, I have strokes for this entire fucking podcast, every episode, I can't fucking read properly, I don't know what it is, I'm just not the strongest reader, you know, and I, I thank you, the listener, for, uh, you know, just dealing with it, you, you know, you do a good fucking job, and I appreciate that, um, and then illegally converted them to full automatic, however, as Phillips was a convicted felon, it was not possible for him to legally purchase firearms uh, the well the two well well armored men had approximately fired one thousand sorry eleven 1, hundred rounds while approximately six hundred fifty rounds were fired by police following their trainings. Uh, the responding patrol officers directed their fire at the center of mass or torso of Modasaranu and Phillips however, aramid body armor worn by Phillips and Modasaranu covered all of their vital all of their vitals except their heads, enabling them to absorb pistol bullets and shotgun pellets while Motasaranu's chest armor sorry. Matasarana's chest armor, thanks to the steel armor plate, successfully withstood a hit from a SWAT officer's AR-15. I was going to say AK-47. AR-15. The service pistols carried by the first responding officers were insufficient power and used the wrong type of ammunition for, penetra- for penetrating even pistol-rate bo- soft body armor. Oh, pistol rated soft body armor. So even those fucking pistols couldn't, you know, shoot through some, you know, crappy shit. That's what that's saying. Um... Furthermore, the police were pinned down by fully automatic suppressive fire, making it difficult for them to execute the type of well-aimed return fire that would be required to attempt headshots. Phillips was shot 11 times, including his self-inflicted gunshot wound to the chin, while Matasaranu was shot 29 times. Casualties Twelve police officers and eight civilians were injured, and two suspects died in the shootout. Um, And then just kind of goes down, uh, uh, you know, list of all the uh, civilians and and whatnot. Um, I mean, uh, no, I'm not going to read it. But um, uh, let's let's just skip to the aftermath. Uh, The shootout contributed to motivating the arming of rank and and file profile. I don't even know what the fuck I just said. The shootout contributed to motivating the arming of rank and file police officers in Los Angeles and nationwide with semi-automatic rifles. Uh, The ineffectiveness of standard small caliber police pistols and shotguns in penetrating the robber's body armor led to a trend in the United States towards arming selected police patrol officers not just SWAT teams with heavier firepower such as semi-automatic AR-15 style rifles SWAT teams whose close quarters battle weaponry usually consisted of submachine guns that fired pistol cartridges such as the Heckler Koch MP5 which is a fucking great gun by the way great fucking gun um uh began supplementing them with AR fifteen rifles and carbines. On april seventeenth, nineteen ninety seven, which is a year and one day before I was born, police raided the house of how ha- raided a house in Anaheim traced to Phillips and Matasaranu. Among the items seized included incendiary ammunition, flak jackets, and ballistic helmets. Approximately $400,000 in stolen cash and various firearms. One particular firearm, a short barreled AR-15 with an aftermarket red dot sight was later released from evidence and used by law enforcement agencies. Uh, Several Seven months after the incident, the, par- the Department of Defense gave 600 surplus M16 rifles to the LAPD, which were issued to each patrol sergeant. LAPD patrol vehicles now carry AR-15s as standard issue, with bullet-resistant Kevlar pl- plating in their doors as well. Oh, damn, so these motherfuckers really started a revolution in a way, you know? crazy. Um, Also, as a result of this incident, LAPD authorized its officers to carry 45 ACP caliber semi-automatic pistol as duty sidearms, specifically the Smith and Wesson model 4506 and 4566. Prior to 1997, only LAPD SWAT officers were authorized to carry 45 ACP caliber pistols. Significant, specifically the M1911A1 45 ACP pistol, semi uh, ACP semi-automatic pistol. These fucking names really just started to piss me off, aren't they? Um, on Jan oh, sorry, on June 12th, 1998. Uh, LAPD Chief of Police Bernard C. Parks released to the Board of Police Commissioners a memorandum detailing his review of officers' use of force during the February 28, 1997 North Hollywood shootout. The memorandum contain contains many many details about the shootout, including badge numbers of officers and detectives, where they positioned themselves in the perimeter around the robbers with distance of fire, distances of fire, excuse me, and how many rounds they fired from their weapons. Park rec- Parks recommended department person, sorry, Jesus Christ, I'm just jumping the gun here. Parks commended department personnel for their actions to distract the robbers and obstruct the robbers from attempting to evade police. The memorandum lists the injuries of all the officers who received injuries at the hands of the robbers. A law enforcement... Sorry, excuse me. A lawsuit on behalf of Montessorano's children was filed by lawyer Stephen Yagman against members of the LAPD uh, claiming Montessorano's civil rights had been violated and that he was allowed to bleed to death. The the lawsuit was tried in the United States District Court in February and March 2000 and ended in a mistrial with a hung jury. The suit was later dropped when Mata Serrano's family agreed to dismiss the actions with a waiver of malicious protection. Sorry, prosecution. The following year, sorry, the years following the shootout, or the year following the shootout, 18 officers of the LAPD received the Departmental Medal of Honor for their actions and met President Bill Clinton. Fucking Bill Clinton's that guy. In 2003, a film of the incident was produced, titled 44 Minutes, North Hollywood Shootout. In 2004, the Los Angeles Police Museum in Highland Park opened an exhibit featuring two life size mannequins of Phillips and Mata Serrano, fitted with similar armor and clothing they wore, the weaponry and the weaponry they used. Also on display at the museum is the robber's getaway vehicle and Officer Martin Whitfield's LAPD squad car. And that's fucking all she wrote, bitches. <laughs> Um, I hope you guys really enjoyed that shit was fucking crazy. Well, let's be real. That shit is fucking wild. Like they got they, they 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 had balls to do that shit. And the fact that they they uh stole about what one point five million dollars beforehand That's amazing. That's amazing. Like I can't believe they just fucking did, just thought they could just do that you know what I mean but like I said earlier like you couldn't just rob a bank like that today like you know you know how many times like people can see their face and shit like I can see like you could go in a bank and people know who like the government or whoever's watching these tapes know who you are as soon as you walk in just by your face you know what I mean so like today that shit could not happen. There's too much going on, too much technology. I understand, you know, back then for sure. But uh yeah, yeah. Um it's crazy. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode though. Um that's all I got for you, but you know what it is. You know the fucking rules. Stay safe, stay healthy. Stay hydrated, stay fed, don't skip a meal, because only races skip meals, motherfucker. Um, if you guys are interested in, uh, sports, <laughs> you can check out my podcast, uh, Fourth and Long, it's hosted, sorry, Fourth and Wrong, Fourth and Long, Fourth and Wrong, it's hosted by myself and my friend Matt Fradamico, um, like there's only four episodes out. We're gonna do a fifth episode soon. Um, lot to talk about. We typically just talk about f- the NFL and the NBA, and that's really about it. Um, but who knows? we could probably talk about more. I'm not sure. Anyways, I hope you guys have a great day. Uh, I, uh, I I love you all, maybe. I do. Yes, I do. I love you. I'm whispering, I love you Um, just have a blessed day, all right? Bye.